Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nullcast. Uh, Bud, great to be able to catch up with you here on a uh, Friday morning. Look forward to putting another episode in the books, have a slight NFL draft review uh, to do. Look ahead next year where the draft offering should be a little bit more robust. Uh, have some interesting philosophical conversations about how to recruit in the age of NIL and the portal and whether or not kids are, you know, how long you're going to have them on your roster. Uh, so look forward to jumping into this and whatever else we happen to come across in the course of conversation. But as always, we'll thank the good people at Louisiana Hot Sauce and the wonderful people that are on Bud's head. Currently, if you're watching the video, Tarpon Cellars Wine Company, tarponcellars.com, coupon code NOLCAST, 20% off, and a big thank you to our friends out in Napa Valley as always. Absolutely. Good to see you, buddy. And uh, it sounds like like we both got a little bit of the allergy stuff going on. This is uh, no, no bueno, man. Yeah, I got a little little something, but, uh, you know, comes and goes and it's that time of year. And hopefully uh, we get out of Atlanta allergy season here in the next two or three weeks or so. But we'll see. But the pollen is real. OK, so let, let's do start with that NFL draft. Uh, Jamie Robinson, a guy that we enjoyed watching, former South Carolina player, transferred to Tallahassee and ends up getting drafted. In the fifth round, uh, I, I saw a little bit of like people on Twitter telling us that he should have come back to school. I, man, I don't know. Like he's an older guy. I don't think he's getting bigger or faster. He doesn't need more reps or tape. I, I just think he kind of is what he is, and I'm, I'm happy that he went in in the fifth round. Like fifth round, you get some guaranteed money, yeah. and like that's that's a good spot. But if you invest it, the downside is you got a really nice down payment on a house. Right. The yep. upside is you play in the league for, you know, a contract or two. So that uh, just from a collective standpoint, I mean, we uh, thought that Jamie would be probably somewhere in the area of fifth round pick and uh, had some interesting conversations with Jamie. And you're right. I mean, uh, but I just turned 40 and I've been hoping that I would grow from five, nine to maybe five eleven for about 22 years now. And it hadn't happened. And I only bring that up because Jamie probably wasn't going to grow in his fifth year in college, you know, I mean, and that's the, the real pro knock on him. So I don't know that there was more tape for him to put together. Uh, he certainly could have come back and, you know, played another year, but when you're in a situation like that, man, you want to, what you just referenced is it, you want to start your clock and you want to try to get that second contract. That is everything in the pro game. If you're not going to be, you know, if you're not a, uh, like a Jared verse type NFL right. prospect, you know, but if you're going in there trying to make a team, trying to make a roster, uh, trying to make a, a 53 man roster, and then trying to get that second contract uh, and ultimately a, an NFL pension is pretty great too. But no, Jamie made a very reasoned decision. Uh, he, he had an idea as to where he was going to go and thought that if he tested exceptionally well, he might be a late third round pick. Uh, but no, he went to a good place in the Panthers, um, and Jamie was a great dude, great influence on the program, and certainly wish him nothing but the best of luck. And I, I think he will have a chance to stick on a roster because the, the way he plays the game, I, I think it lends itself to being a quality special teams player, which if, you are, if you're drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, one of the things they tell you on those phone calls, and we, I've never had one, but like we know this because they, they, they videotape them all for social media now, is, hey, man, we want you to come in here and be great. We know you're going to need to be a great special teamer for us because they only carry 53 guys on the NFL roster. So, like, important players play special teams, and the backups play like you're a two, you know, two, three, four phase special teamer. That's a pretty important thing, right? So, you know, punt, 
kickoff, kickoff return, punt return team, all that kind of stuff. He's not going to be on the field goal team, obviously. So, yeah, man, like I, I'm happy for him. Um, and that's uh, like one guy drafted, I think, speaks to just how much talent this team has coming back. You can think last year's team was, you know, an elite team or a good team, but I, I think you're kind of crazy if you don't think it was at least a very good football team. And to have one guy drafted and a lot of guys coming back, it's not like you get a lot of guys that went undrafted. You know, those two stood out to me: Florida State and Washington. Washington won 11, 11 ball games, and uh, and they had zero players drafted. Hmm. Like, there you go, get yeah. get the band back together, <laughs> which is obviously a. You know, I, I think a credit to the the NIL opportunities that, that Battles in uh, can offer guys, right? You know, like they've, they've established a big time marketing value during their time in Tallahassee, and you know, like it's never higher than it is your final year, right? Yeah. Where where the fan base loves you, they want to support you, and and obviously like they want to support the businesses that are going to use uh, you to market. So that's pretty cool, man. I, I know we also wanted to give a shout out. To, uh, to Robert Cooper for getting uh, getting a, a look from the Seahawks. Just a guy we've enjoyed covering, man. I mean, shoot, he was – when did he commit? Like 20 – I think he committed at like the end of his sophomore year. So I could be wrong. It's been a long time. But, but I legitimately think that Robert Cooper was associated with Florida State football for like nine years. Uh, yeah. Great dude. class like, of 2018. So, like – Okay. He probably committed like 15, dude. Yeah, I think he committed. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I can just tell you from talking to some of his teammates, exceptionally respected, uh, considered one of the one of the best dudes on the team. And I had lunch with a defensive lineman uh, teammate of his about a week ago, and he told me specifically, um, I think Cooper is going to go to the Seahawks, which is a pretty great sign to see uh, that actually play out because it's you know indicative of a good fit for the system and a, a team that's made uh, their evaluations on him, some medical evaluations uh, on Cooper and in this particular instance and, you know, think that once he's back a hundred percent could potentially be a contributor for him. So a uh, great dude, uh, decent career. Didn't have the last year that he wanted because of injury. Uh, but great to see him land in a, with a franchise that, uh, you know, had a, had a good idea as to if they could use him and if he could be a part of their scheme. So just something to keep an eye on. Congrats to Robin. And I really, really hope he sticks just to, yeah, like you said, a really just enjoyable guy and, and an easy guy to root for, for sure. So we're rooting for you, man. Um, we Flash forward are... to next year real quickly before yes. we do. Just yeah. how, how things could be different. Uh, I saw last night that, yeah, not that this matters, but Todd McShay has Jared versus the number seven overall pick. That's uh, awesome. That would, be, that would be great, and that would be a reference as to – there's different classes of guys when they evaluate NIL and whether or not to return for the draft. And Jared is a, is a different class of dude for a lot of these guys. NIL is great. Like if you, if you're not positive, you're going to make an NFL roster, right? right. Cause then you can come back, play, get a good NIL deal. And more or less, you're going to be in the same situation next year. So if you go to that NFL team and don't make a roster, well, great. I've got, 12 months of NIL money under my belt. Hopefully I've worked with a financial planner a little bit, just in a, in a different launching point in life than you would have been otherwise. Versus different. Versus betting on himself. Probably would have been a second round, mid-second round pick last year. And if that dude comes back and legitimately goes in the top 15 or top 10, um, 
then he made a exceptional decision. So yeah. obviously, uh, you know, mock drafts mean absolutely nothing at this point, but uh, I do think that next year you could see, you know, maybe one first round pick and five picks by the middle of the third round or something like that. I mean, it will be, will be interesting to see what it looks like and how dramatically different the draft board looks uh, from next year compared to this one. So, so just to give you guys an idea of the reliability of mock drafts, um, see here, the, uh, the mock drafts last year, the best one from May of last year. So it was like, like a year out was actually Ryan Wilson who, who works with me at CBS. We, we, we've had him on cover three and I was really excited to have him back on this year. Uh, four of his 26. So obviously mocks 32 guys, six did not come out. So whatever, four of the dudes who he mocked, who did come out went undrafted. So, that's not a knock on Ryan. He actually nailed he had that's the best mock anybody had in May of last year. Right. So I would completely caution people it don't get worried if one of your favorite guys is not being mocked in the first round. There's a there's still a legitimate chance he can rise up. If Jared Verse improves materially on his best and stays healthy to where his floor, like if he if his floor is what he played at last year, right? And his ceiling is somewhere above that, then I think he absolutely can be a top, you know, top half of the first round guy because he is kind of a workout warrior. I do think he will test well, most likely. Like I, I'm interested in what he runs. I think like the lifting stuff will be really good. I think he'll be a pretty explosive jumper. And oh, you're muted. It looks like. Thank you, bud. Uh, cone, jump, all that stuff, Jared will do great. I agree. I don't know that he's going to, you know, rip off some transformational 40 time, but um, he'll do great. He'll do great. He'll interview exceptionally well. Um, Jared's got a chance to to go pretty high. He uh, yeah. really does. And I, I think your point as far as understanding your value and betting on yourself is, is a good one. I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, I think the potential range for Lovett versus Jamie is an interesting conversation here, right? Whereas like, Jamie, I think it was pretty well understood he was going to be somewhere between a fourth and a sixth round pick, right? With his size, um, I mean, sure, if he ripped off some testing number, but like I don't, I don't think he played at at a, at a, at a speed that would suggest he would have a, a, a insane testing time, right? He probably ran a little bit worse than people thought he would, but still, like. Love it to me, like the potential range was maybe bigger, right? Mm -hmm. Like if healthy, if interview goes great, if he tests like off the charts, maybe people take a take a swing at him early. But the problem is like the downside for Jamie was not was basically never undrafted. There, there was a, a floor of certainty there. Like the downside for Love it is absolutely undrafted mm -hmm. if he if he were to come out. So like verse, I think. I think Lovett probably made the right call to come back because he actually there's a lot more room he could move up the board as opposed to you know Jamie who was basically what what you see is is what you get. Uh, little notes, corrections, suggestions from last show. Uh, I think this one is on me. I had said that Pat Payton's a true sophomore. Uh, he's not. So um, 
anyway, so he is draft eligible. That is uh, from our chief editor, Chad. Nice. Of, <laughs> of the legendary team, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. I know we had a couple more closings, so uh, tremendous job there by those dudes. They always help us out. And I've done, I've, I've used them twice. And I mean, you know, it's just, it's, I, they're the best. I think they're, they're great. Yeah. And they're, they're, a lot of people talk about being passionate fans of, uh, of things that care a lot about. And Chad and Shannon do it. Uh, support of the Nolcast for five, six years now, however long it's been. Uh, and the results that we've had there are legitimately some of the better, like, partnerships in American podcast sport. I mean, it is. It is exceptionally unique, and they have uh, started to support the Battles in with every home loan close. I believe they're making a $250 donation, and I think they've announced three of those so far with maybe another six or seven, it sounds like, in the pipeline. So uh, Shannon keeps doing his thing. Chad keeps being a, a ball of energy that uh, does his thing and occasionally corrects us, and we couldn't have better sponsors. So thank you so also, much. Also, he wanted to know why we didn't have Braden Fisk. Uh, as a potential draftee listed. And I, I think he's right on that. Like, I think we should list him as a potential draftee. Like, we got to see what he is coming back from the shoulder. Was was out for spring. That was Norvell announced that. And, and you know, he'll, he'll be back by the fall, if all indications are. I, he could maybe be like a late-round guy. The NFL always wants dudes who can get to the passer. I think he has the ability to be a penetrator. So maybe if he has a great year, he's a dude who could get drafted. I I bring him up too. It's top of mind. I was going through some of my my uh, Mac power ratings mm-hmm. for, for this fall. Got got to get ready. It's it's what you do in May, and uh, his numbers definitely pop. Do you know that Western Michigan lost six guys to Power Five schools via transfer? Um, I think they lost. Didn't they lose both of their defensive tackles? Or I know they lost. Yeah, they lost I know both they had, tackles. Yeah. They lost. They lost Andre Carter to Minnesota. They lost a kid to Indiana. They lost a receiver to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota treated them just like like a farm system. Farm so, right, We'll we'll take yeah. those three. Um, that's that's tough sledding, man. Yeah, um, but it'll happen. I think they've done a pretty nice job in the portal via the FCS, which is to me a differentiator at that level. Like you have to know people who you have to have people who can actually scout mm-hmm. and look and say like this FCS kid can play here, this this kid can't. So hopefully they won't be, you know, bottom of the league. They are in the tougher division there. Uh, so last time we potted was what last Thursday morning, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Was Farmer back in then? Uh, farmer had come, the farmer issue had resolved itself, which makes me think it might've been Friday morning. Got it. Okay. Right. So we had already talked about how, like, and we had talked about this on the podcast many times, the first year, this whole like spring portal, uh, two window full on thing, coaches were going to have to make decisions on like, if a guy hit the portal and wanted to come back, would you let him back? Blah, 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 blah. I, I kind of think too, like the duration of time in the portal. Mm-hmm. matters yeah you know like if you if you hop in and then you hop back out but you know but right whereas opposed to like a mcclendon it, you know obviously i think if you wanted to come back norvell would, would would you know my guess would be telling him to kick rocks so uh and then he ends up going to colorado uh duke cooper also to colorado makes sense his high school coach james cheney is their director of player development there in boulder now and brendan gant to colorado i i 
I really just I, I think all those guys could do well, man. That's that's an opportunity for playing time that I don't know they were going to get as much of in Tallahassee. And um, God, like they're going to play a lot because Colorado. No, they're going to play a lot. They're going to play a lot. And Duke is going to be a starter at the position that he wants to play, rather than a backup at a position he doesn't want to play. I mean, right. damn, dude, I don't blame you. You know, I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, be, be on a TV show, and, and like, that's. <laughs> That's a it's a whole different conversation, but yeah, uh, no, it'll be it'll be really interesting, and I, you know, I think a lot of the college football world will keep an eye on Colorado a little bit this year, just because it's going to be a fascinating experience. But no, bud, you're absolutely right, and that was the industry chatter before the window even was, uh, and and you know, I had heard that from some other collectives in the SEC and some other places. Be you know, the theme of it is going to be kids that jump in the portal and then realize they might not want to actually be in the portal and uh you saw that happen a couple times uh at florida state and and certainly the former situation uh resolved itself well for for everybody i believe and um we'll just have to see how that plays out i do think you're absolutely right that um and look i'm not in a place to to speak for anybody on the florida state coaching staff but i, I think you're right when you say that amount of time in the portal matters and how you go about uh, asking to come back and maybe did, were you a, in that brief dalliance that you had with the portal, were you, you know, also actively going around trying to get other people to enter the portal with you and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, I don't think any of those things happened uh, with Josh and, and ultimately he's back on the roster and a very young dynamic defensive tackle prospect. So be great to watch him develop in Tallahassee. Quick, uh, just kind of, Look around the portal here. Uh, Florida lost uh, Antoine Powell Ryland to Virginia Tech. I think it's a pretty good get for the Hokies. FSU. When do they play about Tech this year? It's. I think it's later, right? Let me look. I, I, I don't have. Do you have the schedule memorized yet? I, I, I kind of have a general feel for months. Uh, I don't. I do think in Virginia Tech, like game it's seven it, or eight, early early October. So okay. it's kind of just just mid. All right. So that's kind of a loss for Florida. I thought he was a decent player for them, uh, their edge rusher. Uh, Miami picked up a corner from Oklahoma in Jaden Davis. So uh, I think he's a decent player. Like, like they need all the portal help they can get at corner. Uh, I was listening to, to the uh, Through the Smoke podcast with David Lake, and, and they uh, they ran down each position, and, and corner was just the one that even with the, the guys they had already taken, they were like, yeah, this is – they they need kind of all hands on deck help here uh, if if they want to have a you know special season and contend for the ACC and, and maybe win it for the first time ever so uh, you know we'll see how that goes there Clemson still no activity so uh, curious FSU they've been linked uh, via reports here to a couple things one uh, Keon Coleman the receiver that they recruited heavily out of high school signed with Michigan State had a nice freshman year. I know our Michigan State site had reported that he hit the portal uh, because he did not want to play with the quarterback play that they had there at Michigan State because it was poor, and I agree. Uh, interestingly, actually, Michigan State's quarterback, who may have been beaten out, by the way, hit the portal, and it looks like Auburn's going to take him. So I don't know what that says about Auburn's quarterback room, but... Damn. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Yeah, so Coleman didn't want to play with this kid, according to reports. The kid is the portal. Coleman is the portal. Uh, Brantley, their corner at Michigan State, hit the portal. And then he jumped back in. So just like what we were talking about, mm -hmm. 
sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm a, and, and like, wait a second. Mm, maybe what I have here is, is not that bad. Uh, and look, playing corner for Mel Tucker, certainly not a bad thing. Like the guys coached in the NFL coach for Kirby smart, did a good job at Colorado for one year has put guys into the league at corner at Michigan state, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, so the reports on uh, on Coleman universally have him considering schools that have guys who are locks to be drafted, in some cases locks to be drafted very highly, at the quarterback position. North Carolina with, with, with Drake May, Florida State, Jordan Travis, Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, LSU. I, I mean, if Daniels plays better, he's going to get drafted. And if not, they're going to play Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer is definitely going to get drafted someday. I'm, I'm Fairly certain. Uh, I think Clemson I saw on there as well, maybe. But uh, Coleman announced on his on his Twitter that he's taken an official visit to uh, to Tallahassee this weekend. You know I have been team take a receiver in the portal. <laughs> and I feel like I've been on the damn island. And sometimes you're like, yeah, I come visit, but on, on, on the, the receiver island, we bring him some water. He's a crazy person over here. But now, oh, did Pittman announce Utah? Or was that just a crystal ball? I think that's just the the rumor to shore. I, I had a slip there on our, our last podcast. That was the the early rumor, and I, I still think that's ultimately where it's thought he's going to go. But I think Brendan Sinone of North 24 7 dropped a crystal ball. So, okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I had somebody ask me the other day. They tweeted me an Instagram post of somebody saying that Knowles 24 7 said something. Like, is this true? I was like, just check Knowles twenty four seven. Don't like why? Why? Why are we like doing like third hand? Anyway, like yes, this person who just completely stole their thing and and posted it. It's probably true, but like it's it's you know they, they didn't do any work to to get that. Uh, all right, so Coleman would be a big time get. Uh, we want some advanced stats on him. Let's do it. If 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 you gets him. I'm I'm excited about Kentron. If you give me Coleman and Kentron, I'm feel very comfortable with where you are at the number two receiver position. You gotta have some height out there. Uh yes. Uh 8.7 yards per target. Uh he caught uh 88% of his catchable passes, which is good. Um caught only 63% of his overall passes, which is low, but I think the differential there speaks to the quarterback play at Michigan State, right? Like that, he's not wrong to get out. Thirteen eight per, uh, per catch, two point one yards per route run, which is is good. Uh, only a three point three percent drop rate, so that's fairly low. Almost all of his snaps came outside, and he was their most targeted player uh, per route run, and that includes Jaden Reed, who was a third round pick in the NFL draft. So uh, definitely a guy who was highly rated and playing to his rating already also i i imagine that he probably wants to go to go deep a little bit more just they they threw him a lot of balls short and uh you know that's that's my guess there also the uh, the uab safety key uh has been like a, a i think to talking top schools or it's been reported top schools pretty good player man alabama florida state a lot of a lot of big time guys that are trying to win titles are, are in there some people need some safety help via the portal. Just visited Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, he's he's taking the tour. So interesting. I didn't realize his dad was Sean Key until a couple of days ago. If An you're great for sure. If you're uh, you know of our age, uh, Sean Key was a safety in the late '90s. Played in the uh, 
played on the 99 national championship team. Um, that makes you feel old, but it's also awesome uh, to see guys like that cycle through. And um, yeah, he was I, on, he was on the winky team in, in, in the sugar bowl for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, he played against Georgia or against Virginia Tech. He played in the Mike yeah. big game. Uh, absolutely. So he was a uh, six round draft pick here. Was he? Okay. Played for uh, played for American down in Miami. Nice. Uh, oh, I'm glad you brought up Ole Miss. I, I wanted to talk about this. I have seen reports. Well, actually, two reports that I, I'm just not on board with. Like, I know some places out there that have an interest in NIL being like the subject of every single story are like Coleman is all that NIL, but I I don't think so. Like Michigan State does not have a bad NIL program. Okay, no, they don't. Like they they're really well bankrolled. The guy that that does them, like, I mean. I know we have Chad and Shannon, and they are tremendous supporters. <laughs> the guy that does them is basically like, like has a couple billion to his name, and like basically guaranteed the the, Mich- the, the Tucker ninety million dollar coaching contract. The Quicken so, loan guys, is he not? <laughs> no, no, it's company? not Quicken. It's okay. Oh, wait, I thought I thought it was Rocket Mortgage. Oh, all right. Or, well, whatever. It was one of the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's that that kind of stuff. So, I I think it's very clear based on this kid's list that he want like quarterback play is a consideration. Yeah. And I get it. If you're from Louisiana, you sign Michigan state, they have bad quarterback play. You have nothing really tying you to the school, blah, 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 blah. So I don't really feel like that's just a, Hey, I'm hitting the portal. come to the highest bidder type situation. Yeah. Typically. I mean, also, look, NIL is important. Rarely is NIL the only thing. And when it is, you don't, you rarely do you want the kid uh, just to be, just to speak as, as bluntly as possible. Uh, NIL turn off for coaches if the first question of a kid is how's the NIL opportunity it is right definitely yeah yeah you you got to have it uh you know you can't um, you can't win without it need to need to have it in in some manner uh so I don't know you got you got to have culture you got to fit you got to you got to have playing time opportunity and and all that stuff too is important you don't want to win because of it you can't win without it how about that that, that's, it's a necessary but not sufficient condition. If, yeah, if you guys are doing SAT prep on, on a on a Friday morning, <laughs> listen to us. Then, uh, and yeah, the other one I wanted to bring up, I think somebody said that that FSU was in on Tywon Malone, the defensive tackle who was also a baseball player at Ole Miss. He hit the portal. I I haven't heard that. Was so this, I'm not was saying, this kid originally from New Jersey? Is yes, he's a I'm Jersey kid. He, he, well, I think we actually had video of him on the pod hitting the crap out of the baseball. Oh, that's good. Always uh, re- fun. Really, yeah. Like, like, I I have not heard that they're in on him. So I'm not saying that report's wrong. I just I yeah. Not that I'm the first to hear anything. I I haven't heard that name associated in the in the portal at all. I would be like a little bit surprised after Farmer came back if they take another defensive tackle personally. <laughs> so like I, I don't think they're going to crowd that room anymore. Also, but I mean. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying anybody's wrong or right. I just, we got asked about it. I have not heard, I have not heard that yet. Yeah. Interesting. You want to do some, uh, you want to do the recruiting, the portal, uh, recruiting in the age of the portal talk? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we do, we'll thank Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. CongruityHR.com is the website. Uh, well into double figures as far as uh, businesses that they've worked with. Uh, Matt is a fantastic dude, super passionate and all, and uh, somebody that we would recommend without any reservation at all. CongruityHR.com is the website again. And as always, 
Uh, if you'd like to reach out to me on social media or email or whatever else, I will do my best to uh, put you in touch with Chad. Excuse me, I'll put you in touch with Chad and Shannon too, uh, but I'll, I'll put you in touch with Matt Lewis. And for whatever reason, a lot on the uh, business end of things, people have felt a little bit more comfortable with a third-party introduction. So, congruity, big thanks. Uh, Matt, I got somebody coming to you today. Uh, this guy, um, Wyatt, actually, uh, his wife runs a dental practice. And, uh, well, she's the dentist. He runs the practice. Yes. And uh, in February, he had like, hey, can you can you get me uh, Matt's info and, and, and you know make the intro? It's like, yeah, Wyatt, yes, sir, got you. What, what's your number or contact? And then yesterday, he hit me back. I should probably check in. <laughs> I should probably check IG more. So, uh, yeah, looks like another one coming, man. There you go. Very Fantastic. Cool. All right. Oh. Some, uh, so we had had this, we started to have discussion. We didn't have time to have both discussions last time. And it was like, if a kid, if you recruit a kid and he's not going to be a starter by the second year for you, basically like, is it worth it? Shouldn't you just go portal at that point? Are you developing him just to get him plucked away by, by somebody else? And it, it kind of centered around the, the farmer thing. And I I just kind of think FSU, it, I don't know, there's it's an it's a it's an involved discussion. I I think there's just some economic principles here in that retention is almost always going to be cheaper than acquisition in any business, right? So we can pretend college ball is not a business, but it, it basically is. Yeah. Yes. You also, yes, not only on just on a dollar for dollar cost, right? But you have an information advantage on the, on the guys that you decide to keep or not compete for and, and let them hit the portal as opposed to dudes who are in the portal. And, I do think that FSU's hit rate in the portal has been awesome. And Derek Ray and all the staff that the boosters ponied up for, for Mike to be able to hire in the back offices have done a tremendous job of scouting. But not everybody they've taken has been a hit. Now, a lot of them have, and that's that's to their credit. And it's, been, it's been great. And they probably have one of the highest hit rates in the country if I had to just eyeball this thing. But you're still going to have so much more information about dudes who you have in your own locker room for two or three years, whether to whether to make that call or really fight to keep that kid out of the portal if, if you're Mike Norvell. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I do, and I, I realize I'm twisting the argument a little bit, and and for those who were of no, that twist. opinion, Let's I'm not it. trying to make it a straw man argument, but what is the proposition here that you're not going to develop your roster because you're afraid that they're going to leave in the portal? I mean, uh, of course you have to do that. Um, I think also, uh, I think that – in the moment, you know, we we can be prisoners of the moment and we can make extrapolations based off things. I wouldn't I wouldn't extrapolate anything off Josh Farmer. OK, Josh Farmer is a, a different dude um, who's, you know, went through that process and ultimately decided to stay in Florida State. I would not make big extrapolations off off of him and the process that he went through. Um, I think you're absolutely right in that you know more about these kids that you have on your roster by probably a, a hundred multiple of to what it is when you're going out looking at other kids and you can have great contacts and you can get feedback on kids, but the kids that you're around, 
340 days a year, you're inherently going to know and have a better feel for. And so look at, you know, we talked about farmer, look at AO. Are you not going to take somebody like AO? Who's right. He's a developmental kid. Yeah. Not going to be ready to make a huge impact in year two, you know, probably like he's more of a year three type guy. But he's on that development track. I mean, dude, look, look, not that, hey, look, they're all D1 football players. Shockingly, they're, you know, more physically developed than than you or I are going to be. But uh, AO's, AO's trending very positively. I'll yeah. put it that way, you know, and that's a guy that uh, you got in the system. Interesting little recruitment of. Uh, but by year three, dude, that guy has a chance to be a all-conference type uh, player, in my opinion. And we'll be fascinated to see what he looks like this year. I think the genesis of this conversation was I was talking to Sinone about this on the, on the Knowles 24 seven message board. And we actually ended up realizing that we both, both, both basically agreed with each other. And, and we're just sort of like, like not understanding each other's points initially, I, I think. Um, and so it was, it was an enjoyable discussion and it was like, should you like, do you want to recruit guys who are like pretty raw and develop metal, right? I, I don't know that Farmer was, I don't know what he weighed when he showed up. I mean, he certainly Storms and, and, and company have done a nice job with him, uh, training him up. But like when they started recruiting him in high school, he was like 250, which is not abnormal for D tackles as, as, as juniors. I mean, you get him to like 275, 280, and then they enroll, uh, that, that type of thing. But my point was like, look, Farmer to this point, because at the time it looked like he was leaving, th- this is not a failure of the recruiting process of recruiting approach or developmental approach. He was leaving at the time because your defensive tackle room is absolutely stacked. Like that's not a failure. You did a great job developing him and you also did a tremendous job through the portal and you had Lovett decide to come back because he was largely in large part. I think if he had stayed healthy last year, he'd be gone, right? He just, you know, he was, he was dinged for most of the year. Like that's a that's not a foreseeable event that that Lovett gets hurt and has to come back that you would hit on both you know, both guys you took in the, the transfer portal at D tackle, um, so I think like the idea that you don't recruit high upside raw guys out of high school is is an approach that I would use if I was a Sun Belt coach because by the time they develop somebody will pluck them from me in spite of my best efforts to keep them. Okay. Like look, look at UTSA was Zachary Franklin. They kept Frank Harris. Now they can't keep their receiver who we, we got to make a mental note. That's the guy we bet on a lot last year for, for prize picks. Um, <laughs> no, so, man. I mean, I've told you, I've, I've, I have friends who coach in the, some, uh, this is the exact conversation they have with guys. I mean, it is, whereas in the past, Hey, look, you know, maybe you get the, the linebacker, if he was an inch and a half taller, he'd be a Georgia. Or, you know, if he right. was a second, uh, tenth of a second faster, he'd be a Georgia Tech or something like that. Well, that's great. You can get him. But be aware that if you get him in the in the pro, in the the uh, program and by sophomore year, looks like a guy that if he wasn't half an inch shorter or something would be playing D1 ball, he's going to be playing D1 ball. You know, I mean, like, like it, they've had to totally reevaluate uh, how they go about through the recruiting process how they how long they think they're going to have guys on campus and uh you know those flyers that they take they realize uh, with with anybody when you take a flyer there's a lot of a lot of high ceiling low floor frequently but 
they know if it hits that they may only have one year with them and and otherwise it's going to go sec acc whatever uh to the point where like i think if you're at a p5 major which obviously fsu is and there's probably i don't know 20 of them yeah you know 25 maybe i'm recruiting almost exclusively for upside with the knowledge that i can generally go get average player in the acc level via the portal if i need to fill a hole right like that especially with, with the track record that the Knowles have had through the portal i know like i can go pluck this guy and say hey you can start for us you're gonna be a useful player for us look at our look at our portal track record i'm gonna like high school i really just want the guys who if they hit or at a level i can't go get in the portal yeah you've you know? used this term on cover three in the null cast before elite traits that's what yeah. you're looking for you're looking for high school kids who have look we're ta we've talked a lot about farmer uh Pat Payton. I mean, look at that. They found a long, rangy guy. Has the year that he, you know, ACC rookie defensive player of the year last year. Uh, has a chance to have a breakout year this year. Wouldn't shock me if Pat Payton's not a, uh, you know, some team All-American before he leaves Tallahassee. He has yeah. developed exceptionally well. And is another, uh, you know, kind of reference point as to what they use when selling other kids. But uh, you know, Pat had some nice traits, but Pat wasn't like a a, a, a sure thing as a recruit by any means. Uh, but you just got somebody that's law lanky and has pretty decent explosiveness to pair with all that. And, you know, two years later, he turned him into a hell of a player. I mean, was there a Jared Burst in the portal this year? No, there wasn't. This is what I'm saying. Like, there's not necessarily like like there's not a Pat Payton level player in the portal this year. I don't think, unless you like the the kid from Coastal that Michigan took, I, I, you know. And I'm a little, I I don't think like I mean Edmund so far does not look to have the same upside that that a Pat Payton does. Right now, maybe he will develop into that, and I think he's a a good college football player with some developmental upside. Uh, I think 15. 14 of the 15 tackles drafted were not transfers. The only one who was was the kid who went from Tennessee to Oklahoma, and that was because right. Tennessee yeah. narked on their head coach to try to not pay the buyout. That's not a normal situation. So when I'm looking at high school recruiting, and this is this is the exact opposite of how I do it at the Sun Belt. This is the opposite of how I would do it at you know a Wake Forest or something. At those schools, I'm trying to find the guys who I know are going to be good college football players don't have the traits to where, you know, a Georgia or a USC would pluck them off my roster. At this level, I'm okay with, with a little bit higher bust rate out of high school and backfilling with competency through the portal. I'm trying to use high school to get what I can't get through mm. the portal. Yeah, good, 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 quick little summary of it right there. Uh, I absolutely think that that is what you'll continue to see more of, uh, it's an interesting conversation. Obviously, we're all dealing with a somewhat limited sample size here and trying to make the most of uh, of the information that's available and what and how this is ultimately going to impact uh, college ball. But it's, uh, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's here. It's not going anywhere. But it's, a, it's interesting to see the, <clears throat> the ripple effect that this has on coaches' decisions and how they go about the evaluation process. Uh, oh, the one, the one thing I would add there. I think you also have to use high school for culture, right? Like they have done a nice job assimilating transfers into their, their, their team. 
and in some ways transfers like, like, um, like how am I blank? First round pick last year, Jets, Georgia. Um, why am I having a brain fart this morning? Oh, Jermaine? Yeah, excuse me. Okay. Like in, in some ways, like, like those guys actually helped to establish the culture because you, know, you, you were you were working from scratch. But I do think, just like we talked about, like, you're going to know more about high school guys than you are about transfers coming in culture-wise for the most part because you're going to get them on your campus multiple times. You're going to know them throughout the recruiting process. I do think you should use high school to set your culture too. So mm. if you look at the if you look at the commit list and you're like, all right, this guy's elite upside traits, this guy's elite upside traits. If if he hits, he's a, you know, he's definitely an NFL guy. If he hits, he's an NFL guy. This guy may just be a good college ball player. I I think you still take that guy if you think he's a really good culture guy too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, an important area for you. You know, the family has some money and they can drive other prospects up on, on visits, like th- things like that, that, that just, we, this is how the, this is how the sausage is made. Right. That's, that's a good culture guy. Yeah. No, it is. It, yeah, I, mean, no, I, I get it. You know, yeah, like, no, you're absolutely forever. right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, don't, sometimes there are other reasons. And I, I also like, I'll give the staff credit. Um, there was a, I'm not going to name the kid because he's not involved in it, but there was a really talented kid last year that a lot of big time schools liked and from Florida and he went out of state and they didn't offer him because there was some, you know, pretty sketch stuff going on around the kid. And I think they had real worries about bringing that into the locker room. And I talked to a guy about this last night who is not on the staff, but like he, he knows a lot of guys that have worked for Mike. And he's like, I just, Mike is a pretty big stickler for culture as far as what he brings in to the locker room and and what he what he doesn't allow. Yeah. So they have uh, I mean, I'm not giving away any industry secrets here, but they have a they have a layer of cultural evaluation that starts with the head coach and works through position coach, etc. Um, it's a big part of it's a big part of the process for them, and I I completely agree with you that you want to build it through high school. Um, and kind of set your culture with that and then be selective in the portal. And, and so far, uh, look, I don't, I don't know all the interactions locker room, but so far they've done incredibly well in the portal. And I, and I wonder to an extent if that's sustainable and that's not a knock on Mike or the staff or anything else. That's just statistically it's tough to continue to bring in, you know, guys like Jared verse and Jermaine Johnson, who are some of the better players on your team and, and also right. some of the hardest working best people, right? That, that's just a, that's a hell of a Venn diagram to find and, and live within. So, uh, you know, you want to give yourself a little bit more leeway. And and I agree with you that the, the high school kids, you have a little bit more certainty as to what you think their ultimate impact would be on your locker room. Makes sense. Um, let's go ahead and talk here a little bit about where FSU is in these recent media polls. Um, Let's do. Before we do, we need to talk about where you should be when you go to Tallahassee, and that's all the yeah. properties of For the Table Restaurant Group, particularly our friends at Charlie Park. Uh, we frequently say that, well, yeah, I'm not going to badmouth anybody. Charlie Park is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. It's it's uh, hands down. It's an exceptional place. With all respect to Tallahassee, I love it. Doesn't necessarily feel like you're in Tallahassee when you get up there. Uh, great place. Great views. Great cocktails. Um, 
if you're somebody like myself and, and loves uh, scotch and enjoys bourbon, you can walk in there real quickly and tell that you're at a, a bar that takes himself seriously based off of some of the things that they stock and what's available. So uh, always love Madso. Township is turned into like the spot for the kids, but it's crazy. Whenever I walk by Township, it's like 80 line deep of 20 year olds trying to get in there and hang out. Good for them. Uh, and all the offerings for the Table Restaurant Group. Uh, Matt Thompson and his team have been great supporters of the Nolcast, and uh, we thank them so much. And as always, Charlie Park rooftopbar.com and uh, reservations are recommended for their brunch. And uh, it's a great place. Great they were place. waiting in the rain to get in after the spring game. <laughs> I was watching like, Matt, you got something going here, you man. Gotta, you got to cook. It must if, be if the pretzel. wait in the rain to, yeah. Yeah, to, to, eat, to eat the pretzel. Those college kids love love those pretzels. They are great, I have to they, say. They are good. Um, all right, so I, I found four new polls. I, I didn't see one from Sports Illustrated, but I, I got one from The Athletic, ESPN, CBS, 24-7 Sports, and I also rounded up where they have FSU's opponents, and I, I'm noticing some trends here. So uh, – Stu Mandel at the Athletic had FSU ninth. Uh, said they've assembled the uh, most talented roster in years. Then at quarterback, he, he names all all the all the guys. Um, doesn't seem to have any factual errors as far as who had good preseasons or uh, excuse me, uh, spring seasons and whatnot. Uh, does list? Oh, I found one. Uh, he does have Akeem Dent uh, returning uh, as a top fifty. Oh, sorry, never mind. He. I thought he said he was a top 15 safety. And I was like, that's a little great. But he said top 15 defense. So that's on me. Uh, no errors there. Uh, coveted transfer Braden Fisk uh, should have a big impact. So ninth, I feel like, is a is a pretty good ranking. Um, it gets better, though. <laughs> Schleybaugh is like all in, all in, man. Have you seen this? I haven't. Schleybaugh's an third. interesting to third. Okay. Wow, third. That is, I think that's the most of what I've seen lives kind of between four and eight. Uh, yeah. but yeah, third. Okay. Nice. Love it. I think it's the first I've seen of third. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was mostly seeing, yeah, like four and eight, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's very fair. Post spring outlook, Florida state believes quarterback Jordan Travis is legitimate Heisman trophy candidate, which I, I do too. If they go 12 and zero and he puts up big numbers, like why, why would he not be? Um, and coach Martin Ravel added a couple of key pieces to give him more options this season. He lists off Jaheim Bell and Morlock. Uh, they're big upgrades at tight end. Completely agree. Like we don't talk about that every show, but I think this tight end room is so much better than it was, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, receiver Kentron Portier uh, seems ready to break out, and freshman Vendrevius Jacobs is another budding star on the perimeter. Uh, Fisk we already talked about. Pat Payton. They perform well in the spring. Uh, that's not well. Fisk did not obviously uh, because didn't play. Uh, Pat Payton, yes, he did. Uh, uh, should be a big defensive line that already includes star pass rusher Jared Verse. So I, I don't know. I, I like to include their comments because I want to see if these guys actually know what they're talking about. But look, third is third is aggressive. That's that's a hell of a jump. Hell of a jump. Be interesting to see. Uh, you know, kind of to bring the conversation full circle. Uh, if Florida State adds two or three really meaningful pieces in the portal, then I think I'll be all there. Uh, yeah. I mean, you you are you are fairly close, uh, in my opinion. Now we can have the conversation. I don't think there's anything in the portal that you can do to make you Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, right? Just too many years of exceptionally high 
high school recruiting. Uh, if you're going to catch Bama, you need Bama to come to you a little bit too. Like yeah. you, you, you need them to have messed up on the coordinator hire and to really just not have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Interesting. They took the Notre Dame kid, um, especially after Tommy Reese recruited Sam Hartman for six weeks. Well, yes, that that you said it. <laughs> I, I didn't. That was the that, that was all the 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 talk in the uh, in the back channels of the uh, of the transfer portal was what was going to happen at that uh, at that position, and then to see the uh, the other Notre Dame quarterback was quite interesting. So that was wild. Uh, Dennis Dodd. Uh, seventh, go ahead and say it. FSU is somewhere close to back. Ten win season, first since 2016. Travis Heisman candidate, uh, solid offensive line, D line uh, impact guys. Verse, love it. Clemson struggling. The Seminoles are more than the trendy pick uh, to win the ACC, uh, and he has moved them up from 14th in January to seventh now, which I'm 14th. assuming is, okay. is yeah. transfer portal. I, I do like that he included where he had him, you know, last yeah. uh, in, in, in January. And then 24-7 sports, FSU fifth. Uh, the word May, not only has Florida State cleaned up in the portal for the for the recruiting cycle, but they're also one of the nation's hottest teams exiting season. Got great news with Jordan Travis, along with top defender Burst coming back. Gives FSU a pair of All-American candidates on both sides of the football, not to mention impressive talent uh, elsewhere at the skill spots. Uh, one of the nation's most hyped teams in 2023 and our number five slot uh, exiting in our poll. So, Moving on up, man. People are taking notice of what's happening in the portal and uh, and, and a quality spring. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's portal. I think it's uh, statistics like Bill Connolly's. What do they have? Yeah. 80, 83, 87, whatever the percentage is of production returning. Uh, there's just some things that jump out at you and let you know that this has the opportunity to be a uniquely talented team. And it's pretty freaking great to be able to say after uh, the last three or four years of podcasting that we've done. Yeah. So. I do 100%. get about a text a day, bud, from just random friends and stuff being like, damn, I sure do enjoy the Noel cast a hell of a lot more right now than uh, than, than maybe four years ago. And the numbers show it, too. I'm like, yeah, well, funny how that works. Funny how <laughs> yeah. that works. Right. Like, we're not like, hey, let's let, let's let's rank the top 10 crappiest things that have happened to the program this week. Right. Like it, it you know, we're, we're, it's <laughs> what drastic self-inflicted error did we slap on ourselves in the last seven days? Uh, no, nah, man, it's great. Great to be oh, able to man. support a football program that's uh, that's heading in the right direction. So, all right. So here's where they have the opponents. The athletic has LSU two, and Clemson sixteen. Okay. Wow. Uh, so I actually heard Mandel talk about this on the I think it's called the Audible that he does with with, with Feldman, and Feldman was kind of getting into him a little bit about like why he didn't have Clemson higher. And he just said, basically, I think everybody else is continually improving their roster via the portal and Clemson is just standing still, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good point. Like I, I was a, of the mindset last year that Clemson was clearly a better team than the Knowles were. Right. And people were like, Oh, it was a single score game at the end. It was, like, it was. Yeah. And you know, like that's, that's a fair point to make, but how much better did Clemson's roster get? Now, I think they did keep some guys from going pro, which is helpful to them, and they made a really important coordinator change. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if if FSU had gone out and got a top flight defensive coordinator, let's not pretend like we wouldn't be hyping the hyping the crap out of that here. So, and I'm not saying Fuller won't be a good D, D coordinator. I mean, the pressure's pressure's on this year, like yeah. on on. TCU's so, guys a proven commodity. Yeah, exactly. Like he's a guy that's going to be if if he has the same success at Clemson that he had at TCU, he's going to be like like a, a head coach of a top twenty five type program. That's that's why you take that job as opposed to taking a 
I don't know, like, like a Colorado, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so think about it, Clemson did not really add anybody of importance in the transfer portal. FSU yeah. went out and got better at multiple spots than they need they needed to. So that that's I think it's something we kind of forget. Like, yeah, Clemson recruits really well and they develop most positions very well. They also don't they don't seem to address their shortcomings via the portal very much. Mm-hmm. So uh LSU two, Mandel basically said, like, we know Nussmeyer is very good. Daniels clearly is getting better. And you know, to, to hold like to hold him off is is pretty impressive. And they're elite on both lines of scrimmage, and they're like they're really damn good. Mm-hmm. Two, I feel like is aggressive, man. Like I, I feel like I was the high guy on LSU, and got people riled up because I said on cover three, like why, why do we think Alabama is better than them? You know, two is aggressive. I, I, I don't know. Like they are certainly a team that could win the national title. FSU is a team that could, if everything breaks right, win the national title. Two feels high to me. ESPN seventh for LSU, ninth for Clemson. So Slavaugh is the highest on Dabo still. CBS eighth for LSU, Clemson tenth, and twenty four seven LSU four, Clemson ten. Okay. Do you know? Notice another theme there, dude. No other opponents in the top twenty five. Yeah, I, I was wondering. Um, I don't know who it would be, but yeah, I was wondering if there was somebody else that was going to show up on there. What I'm noticing here is like FSU has a lot of teams that like I'm ranking somewhere between like 26 and like 45. So people are going to say this is a two game schedule. I I don't think it is. I think it's mm-hmm. like a five or six game schedule, you know, now you'll be favored in four of those six for sure. Right now you're a small underdog against LSU in Orlando. Last I saw was, was two points there. I mean, that's that line implies a coin flip and like a field goal dog at Clemson. Mm-hmm. If I had to bet one of those right now, I think I'd rather take the plus three going going in in in, in the Death Valley that, than than the plus two on the neutral. Yeah, yeah, I I um I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think that well, yeah, I mean, Clemson, Clemson, they've been the class of the ACC for a long damn time. Um, to beat them, you know, you have to go up and beat them and potentially beat them twice. I think the best team on your schedule is LSU, and I don't know that it's particularly close. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I guess Pitt. If I had to think about like who, what's the third toughest game in your schedule? It's it's at Pitt, right? Unless Florida really comes together, like it's either Pitt, Florida. Mm. I guess because the talent, Miami. Yeah, if Miami makes a couple good. Yeah, they could be third or fourth uh, on that list. But did you see they might have five first round picks according to Life Wallet Sports? <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually chuckling about that exact comment last night. Um, I wonder how shareholders feel about, <laughs> about, about the new media division. <laughs> oh, yeah, stocks trading in the in the fifties, and when I say that, I mean since, uh, and we're out here making. Uh, you know, projections on uh, on players that perhaps the same companies spent a lot of money on to bring in that, uh, you, despite tweets record, and other things, ROI may not in fact be involved. But, yeah. It's got to be a record to go five and seven, and then the next year have five first round picks. Right? That would be incredible. Yeah, like, there's no way that anybody's ever ever come close. We'll I, I a, maybe that's the U Port three. Is uh, 
Billy Corbin is on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, always enjoy it, man. It's been, yeah, a, no been another great one. Uh, we do slide back into a, every seven days, every 10 days or so here in the, uh, the slow points of the off season. But in some ways, these end up being some of my favorite podcasts to do because you can just have flexibility. You don't have to, you know, make sure you review the play of the tackles or whatever else. And uh, very, very enjoyable conversation this morning. So thank you as always, my man. Uh, we'll have this out to uh, our listeners here and would expect uh, another podcast from us either into next week or first of the week following. So uh, until then, if you could like us, subscribe, do all the silly things that help promote uh, a podcast. YouTube is only continuing to grow in importance. So if you want to go over there and slap a like on the button or subscribe to the channel, know that it's greatly appreciated. And uh, this has been another episode of the Nolcast.